Welcome, everyone, to the Third Down Gamble Podcast. I'm Don Charbon, along with Pat Mooney. Pat, we're massive CFL football fans, and we thought, you know, in a discussion, we've been fighting back and forth on texting about the riders every time we're at Mosaic. <laughs> Figured, yeah. why not just take this to the airwaves and settle it? So, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> like Monty Python says, we're here for the argument, Don. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we yeah. don't always argue. There are some things we agree on every now and then. That is true, but the discourse, I hope, will be of interest to people, and I think we both got interesting perspectives to bring to the game. The bottom line for our podcast, we're not going to bash this league. We just love it too much. It's game time. Come along for the ride, and um, let's have some fun, and let's get going, Pat. What do you got you to well, talk about right away? You know what? A big big free agent frenzy coming up. Uh, this We're new, entering the new... Um, free agency model, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but it means that this next week's going to be interesting. We've had some signings coming up, and let's start, uh, just to let people know, we're looking to go through three downs in each one of our podcasts. So we're going to start on first down talking about some of the free agents who've already been signed. So let's start with the quarterbacks around the league, Don. Looks <laughs> like it's third down gamble. Yes, well, the biggest signings, of course, have been Arbuckle in Ottawa, uh, former Calgary Stampeder quarterback, who has signed a two-year deal with the Red Blacks, addresses a massive need that they wanted uh, to fix, and that was getting a bona fide starting quarterback. They really felt that Arbuckle was the answer. Arbuckle really, I think, does provide for them what they need in their uh, system to get that offense working the way it was when Harris was there. Absolutely. I, I, I'm excited to see, you know, Arbuckle's, uh, I think, obviously going to be their starter. That'll give Dominic Davis some time to come on as a backup quarterback in the league. I think he'll have a shot again. And uh, I think they should be a much more exciting team this year. They, they, they've solidified um, with a new coach where they're going to go. Absolutely. And, and it's the second go-round for Paul Apolise as a head coach. It's, uh, you know, there's kind of a two strikes you're out in head coaching. So this is a big opportunity for him. And I think he's going to do well. He did well with the Bombers back 10 years ago. I really do believe that Ottawa has the talent, has the fan base. It's just a question now of putting it all together. Arbuckle leading that offense is going to be a big step. Very true. So he's the one that switched teams. We also have a couple of other quarterbacks that are... Uh, I, effectively signed extensions and probably the biggest uh i won't say it's a shock but the biggest news would be coming out of winnipeg caleros yeah there was a lot of debate with three uh free agent quarterbacks in winnipeg which way would the bombers go and walters and the coaching staff decided to put their uh, wagon you know to caleros's uh team and i think that was interesting i i'm a lot of conjecture as to how what this means, and immediately we saw an impact because Matt Nichols was let go. That was it. He was PO'd that he wasn't part of the, uh, you know, the number one discussion point to be quarterback. And so, once that uh, fell into place for Calaris to get a two-year deal. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's um, 
I mean, they, they've decided who they're going with. Um, in CFL, unfortunately, the loyalty isn't always there. They're going to take a look at performance. And Caleros, he, I mean, he didn't play long, but he had an outstanding run of taking them to the Great Cup. Absolutely. And I think when you get that kind of success in a very short period, you've got to start wondering. And Claris's playoff run has been pretty good. He's well above 500. Matt Nichols was not. And when it comes down to dollars and cents, playoff money for the for the franchise, it you got to have a good quarterback when the stretch run is on you. You sure do. And when we get to second down, I think we can take a look at who might they get as the backup to Caleros because we all know um, you and I being Ryder fans from Saskatchewan that uh, Caleros has had a, had some trouble with injuries in the past few years. Absolutely. And the other big uh, extension, and again, you know, a, a situation where the, the next two quarterbacks we're going to talk about, they were under contract, and yet they still got extensions. The first being Vernon Adams Jr. in Montreal. Huge investment in him. Uh, the new ownership group made no secret that they were going to try to make sure he was in the stable for the long term, and they went out and did it. They did, and, and it's. Uh, I, I think it's going to provide stability for the franchise. They've got their now franchise quarterback, hopefully, as long as he continues to grow and expand because he had a great year last year um kind of came out of nowhere much like Fajardo in Saskatchewan and and had a I think a good year um really Montreal in my opinion overperformed some of the year but uh, I think a lot of that was due to their strong offensive presence and Adams Jr. I think is deserved of this contract I kind of kidded with you last year that the one team I didn't want to face in the fourth quarter if I was another CFL team would be the Montreal Alouettes how many times did they rally in the fourth to beat franchises so it's it's a great move, I think. The other one, Trevor Harris in Edmonton, getting extended, new coaching staff there, believing in him, and uh, that is a big deal for him as well because there's security with that. There is, and, and uh, I mean, Harris has been one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. I think anytime you get an opportunity to lock him up, you do. I think there's lessons to be learned from Ottawa, letting a lot of people go. And so you see teams saying, okay, th- this is our guy. And I think that's the case with Harris. They, they made a strong statement that he's going to be the quarterback of the future for them, the immediate future at any rate. And uh, I'm excited to see what he'll do in that offense. It'll be interesting. Milanovic is a, an offensive guru, and uh, it's great to see him back in the league. I thought that was a, a very astute move by the Eskimos to pick him up. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, too, the Jaguars were very gracious in allowing this to happen in the timeline that they did. So it's going to be... I think the West is going to be a far different landscape than what we saw last year and even the last 10 years. The Stampeders may be coming back to earth, but that will be for another day. Uh, absolutely, and, and you never know with Huffnagel. So let's talk about some of the other signings then. I, I would say one of the next big signings would be um, we, we have a number of receivers, uh, DBs. So let's start with the, well, I'm going to start with running backs. James Wilder Jr., um, you know, he struggled in Toronto, didn't really finish the year strong, but now the Owls have started solidifying everyone who they're going to have, and he was one of their big signings. Yes, and I, I still do believe that he has a huge upside. He's just got to, if he's, if he's mentally engaged, he is a beast on the field, and we saw that in his rookie season. I do believe that there was so much friction between him and Chamberlain in Toronto that it just derailed everything. And with Montreal, it's a new start. He's also got his uh, offensive line coach that moved to Montreal as well. So he's got that continuity. 
uh, Alouettes have already lost, you know, a huge running back, so they need mm-hmm. that presence, and I'm certain that Wilder Jr. is going to be great. The the There's an attractiveness to um, Adams Jr. that we don't really appreciate sometimes. He's really regarded as a winning quarterback, and a lot of players want to be around him. Yeah. Yeah, he seems to have a presence. I mean, right right from his Oregon days, um, he's he, he's been successful. Um, he came into the league. He struggled a little bit as a backup, but but certainly last year when he got the opportunity to play and play full-time, he showed what he can do. And having Wilder in his uh, stable of offensive weapons, I think, can only help to uh, improve what they've got because he's a dual threat. He can catch. He can run the ball. Um, I think Stanbeck was, was able to show that he could do both, but I think Wilder's a good step in, so I think that's going to definitely benefit Montreal, as will the signing of Eugene Lewis. Yes, Lewis was a huge uh, signing as well. And I think Lewis is still interested in going to the NFL, but he realizes he's got to put more on tape. Mm -hmm. And so the Alouettes get him for at least another year. Uh, There's no guarantee that you're going to the NFL, even if you you get the uh, interest from the league. So good move by Lewis. Hey, I'm playing. I'm having fun here. This team is on the rise. Why not? Yep, yep. And then we talked also outside of, you know, there, there's been a few other Canadian receivers, Shaq Johnson out in BC. BC's made a fair number of signings, actually. We can talk about uh, defensive back and Grimes. They've got Rudley. They've got Stewart and Shaq Johnson or some of the signings they've made. So they're looking to extend a number of the players, want to move forward with what they've got. Yeah, continuity seems to be the key in British Columbia, other than the fact that, you know, they brought in a new head coach. Uh, everything else is starting to look to stay the same. And I think that uh, that's an interesting sort of belief system that, hey, you know, we did finish last in the West, but we have the tools here that we can do a lot better. And, of course, you've got who I think is the number one quarterback in the league, Mike Riley, playing for you. The sky is the limit. You just got to get the rest of the pieces to fit. You do, you do. And, and I mean, we, we saw an improvement in the offensive line with the new coach coming in. He's been extended as well. I believe he's your neighbor, right? Yeah, well, he's my neighbor's kid, so ah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there's a proud papa that's yeah. uh, just a few meters away from me, yeah. Well, and they started to turn the corner, and I, I'm excited to see how BC will move forward with some of their new uh, re-signings. I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly going to be in free agency as well. Um, just going to touch base on a couple others before we move to some of the key losses, Don, but uh, we've got Rolly and uh, DB. He signed a two-year contract as well. Ottawa, I think, signed both of their kickers. And uh, Saskatchewan also signed their uh, cornerback. They ha- Saskatchewan has done that. They've uh, signed Awachi as well, uh, running back. So the the pieces are starting to fall into place. And this really, let's let's take a break here. Let's catch our breath for a second, and let's come back with the releases and how they're going to impact that everybody. Sounds, sounds good, Don. We'll be right back. Welcome to Second Down Now, Don. Um, here we're going to talk a little bit about some of the losses that have impacted uh, the, the various CFL teams. And I would say Calgary's potentially been the hardest hit with some of their losses off to the NFL. I, I, I have to agree. There is no doubt about it. You look at the losses they had from 2018 
and now combine them with the losses from 2019. Uh, you got Amos gone. You've got Roberson gone. Uh, you've got Bagleton, who, wow, did he have a breakout year? Gone. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. I, I don't know how the Stampeders are going to maintain that playoff run given the losses they've had. Yeah, you spoke to that earlier in the uh, broadcast, and I, I, w- I would tend to agree, but, you know, it's it's Huffnagel, and he hasn't ever really rebuilt through free agency. They've been able to build up, so it will be interesting this year to see if he gets into the pool and starts making some bids. You would think that he would have to this year. It just is such a loss of humanity. But Calgary has really prided themselves on having the factory working so that the next piece of the puzzle can come out the door and step onto the field and be ready to go. They've done it so well for so long. So I yeah, and don't forget Smith retired. Yes. So right. that secondary has just been decimated. They have and, and and another team whose secondary I think has been decimated with the loss of two cornerbacks is Winnipeg. Losing Sales and Rose and uh, you know Jefferson still is undecided as to whether or not he'll be in the NFL or someone going to bid on him here. Yes, Jefferson, and it, or whether, yeah, th- that's a great point because Jefferson, he may sign the NFL. He's not seemingly too interested in it. He probably wants to come back to Canada. And that does not mean that he will be in Winnipeg. He might be on a traveling roadshow right now, and I, maybe Hamilton will be his destination. I, I agree. To me, he would be one of the most coveted free agents if he does choose to stay in Canada. And, uh, I mean, I a, any team should... Take a look at what he did in the playoff run because he was he was dominant, and so was the whole Winnipeg defense. So this is going to be a big loss for them. Absolutely, uh, Winnipeg really played a a, a four man front of rush ends in the Grey Cup, and they just kept coming at Hamilton from everywhere. And Evans just didn't have the time, and maybe you know lacked the experience to handle that type of pressure situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you move in, let's stay in the West because the, the Riders and the Eskimos are also have lost uh, some defenders. Uh, Riders, Moncrief signed in the NFL. Judge still outstanding. And even if he does not go to the NFL, he will be a highly coveted Canadian linebacker. Absolutely. Uh, you've got Usher leaving from the Edmonton defensive line. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Chris Edwards out of BC, defensive back. He's gone. Orange. Uh, and... Well, Orange, um, and he was cut by the team, though. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the other, if we flip to the other side of the ball, we got Braylon Addison, who's gone from the Ticats as well. There was a huge part of their offense. I don't know, like, in our, uh, it started, seemed to start last year, but I, I, do you remember a time when so many players were getting looks in the NFL? No, I, I mean, it, it seems that there's more and more that are at least getting the looks. Uh, when they do get the look, some of them sign, some don't. So, I mean, we could see people coming back in around that uh, Labor Day weekend area again, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who's going to have the money left after free agency as well. That's a very good point because the salary cap is the salary cap, and once you've spent it, there is not a lot of room left over. Some teams do budget to allow for late-season signings, and, well, probably all of them do when I think about it, but it's... You have to fit need. You have to fit situation. There's a lot going on. There, there sure is. And when you speak about the uh, finances, I, I think that's why we have some teams making some releases as well. Not only have we lost the NFL, but, but uh, you know, the big one, I guess, would be our quarterback we spoke of earlier, Nichols. Uh, 
um, asked for his release, and he's been let go. He did not like the idea of uh, being second fiddle to anyone. He, he deserves probably, you know, first string reps. Uh, he's gambling on himself. He's certainly coming back from a, a pretty severe injury to his arm. I don't know what this is going to mean for him. Where does he finally wind up? I would have thought that Ottawa would have been a destination, but now that they've signed Arbuckle, mm -hmm. does that mean that he moves to Toronto? What about Bethel Thompson? What yeah, about James Franklin? There are a lot of unknowns this year, which makes it interesting. And, and with teams only really having two, I, I imagine a lot of teams are going to be looking for an experienced backup. And so some of these guys will have opportunities. We've also had the Argos release. There are... Offensive lineman, Bauman, uh, all-star caliber offensive lineman. He will be highly coveted. Yes, that, that is certainly another name that kind of surprised everybody. Uh, Natea Jay uh, out of Edmonton Absolutely. was released. A little, he had a sort of a breakout year last year, I thought. Mm -hmm. And he, he's now looking for employment. I kind of think that he'll, those two will definitely be somewhere next year. It's just where? I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's a matter of who's going to put them out, and uh, I guess the teams that have let them go, they, they've certainly signaled they're not going to be picking them up again. Precisely. Well, you've got new coaching staff in Edmonton. Uh, they're, they're assessing. They want maybe a different brand of, of person out there. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that a Jay, in his case, wasn't good enough, but he doesn't maybe fit the style of offense they want to run. Yeah, yeah it, it, it will be interesting, and I wonder if we'll see a few more releases coming up in, in the next week, but... Uh... You know, it's uh, the free agent frenzy is beginning. A lot of big names are there, so there's a lot of holes open right now, and it's I expect it'll be the beginning of a big shuffle. And I think, uh, are we ready to move to third down? Third down gamble. So let's go to third down. Here's what we call our big story, and, and this year it is the changes to the free agent process, Don. And I know you're well-versed in this, so tell us about what's going on. Well, the CFL has kind of picked up where the uh, other major leagues have uh led the way in this sense is that uh, they're creating a negotiation window for everybody so what happens is starting on the second and you've got one week where players can entertain offers from any team in the league if you make a formal offer to a player you have to register that document with the cfl and the cflpa and the whole point of this is to eliminate the backdoor deal, the handshake deal, the nudge-nudge, wink-wink. It brings everything more above board. It's kind of, some people argue, it's kind of a, an acknowledgement of what really was going on anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those players then have that opportunity to take a peek at all of this stuff, then see where their interest is. The teams then, at the end of that window, have 48 hours to have... Every contract is then released to the, all the other teams, and the team with the pending free agent then has a chance to say, okay, uh, let's say Naaman Roosevelt was a, a name. We'll just use him as an example. Naaman gets an offer from Toronto, he gets an offer from Calgary, and he gets an offer from Ottawa. Okay, Rough Riders get to see all three offers, as do the other teams. And the Rough Riders, though, in that window can say, okay, Naaman, they're offering you two years, 100000 a year, plus $25,000 bonus. Uh, too rich for us. Sorry, thanks. Pick which one, pick which one you want because we're, we're not going to be interested. Or 
will up that because we do value you more than that, we're going to say, okay, if that's what they're going to pay, we're going to pay this. Mm-hmm. So that's just an example. That, the that, pl- I was going to say, ahead. that could be interesting, Don, because, you, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll see who's out there, but, but teams can also say, you know, within our budget structure, in order to keep the people we need, here's what we can pay you, and the player will then have a choice to decide. Are we going for the money? Am I going for stability, potential to win a great cup? It'll be fun. And these are questions that every free agent kind of goes through. And then at the end of that, you've got the 48 hours are up. Now there's two hours before the free agent window officially begins. And then players can notify the the teams and the teams notify the league. I've accepted. I'm going to go to free agency, whatever. So, and and that could be any offer that they formally received in that week. There's not a... They're not re- restricted to the Rough Riders, say, in Roosevelt's case. If Ottawa's offer was the best, he could say, okay, I'm not taking the Riders' offer, but I am taking Ottawa's. Absolutely. And, and uh, to me, that I, I guess I think this will be beneficial. Um, we talked before, I know you and I, off, off the podcast about whether or not there's going to be information released after the fact. Will the league hold this information in? So the, using your Roosevelt example... He's got three offers, and then the riders negotiate with him. Are they going to say these are the offers that they received, or will that be between the player and their agents, Don? What do you what do it, you what do you think? I would think that it should remain private and confidential. My gut is that maybe agents will kind of mm-hmm. agitate mm-hmm. <laughs> and say CFL rules. I want more than that, <laughs> you yeah. know. If my player is worth more, I'm going to do my job and see if I can make more for him. It, it definitely makes changes to the uh, structure. I think it's going to make it exciting. I think it's also beneficial for the players. They get to see everything out there. Uh, the reality is now everyone is free to have those discussions when they want. So teams can also start lining up who they think they're going to get, who they don't think, and make decisions based on their salary cap and, and the people they're talking to. So I think it's a win-win. I think it is. I think if you're a player that has value in the league, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. I think for the teams, as you indicated, it gives you a chance to plan. Yeah. And this is, I think the bigger issue that maybe we haven't addressed is go back to December. The Grey Cup has just finished. Your coach has been fired. That window between December and February 2nd now becomes far more crucial because you've got to get everybody together, general manager, president, coaching staff. You've got to have that all in a row because once free agency hits, you cannot be standing at the door with no representative. Uh, agreed. It's, um, it's going to make it fun, and I can't wait till next week when we're able to sit down and discuss uh, some of the things that are going to happen, who's been... Uh, out there, but uh, I guess we've got one more part to our podcast, Don. Are you ready to move in and make a few educated guesses? Because we have no clue whatsoever, so we, let, let's, let's clarify this right now, is that you don't know, I don't know, nobody really knows who's going to end up where, but um, let, let's make a few guesses if you can. Let's move to our third down gamble. All right, so I'm going to start. Uh, Devere Posey got let go... Um, and I'm wondering, and you and I had a brief discussion on this the other day, I'm wondering if he will show up with the Riders. The Riders have a lot of receivers as potential free agents. Um, Posey has worked with Moss before. 
Um, and I, I think there's going to be a possibility that he could end up coming over to the Riders as one of their core receivers. That or Edmonton. Now you're saying Edmonton? I'm thinking Edmonton might have as much a pull in some senses. I don't know why. I just I, Whether it's that Milanovic thing, I just don't know. But I think one of the two, Devere Posey could go to BC as well. Okay, so I, I mean... We could, you're saying West, we all believe he's going to show up in the West. Um, we'll have to stay tuned and find out. I think one of the more interesting things we're going to find out in the upcoming days are our quarterbacks. Where are some of these names going to land? We've got Nichols, we've got Bethel Thompson, we've got Jennings, we've got, Fran, you know, th th there's all kinds. Franklin, where do, where do they end up? Any guesses, Don? James Franklin might be Edmonton bound. Uh, it's a place that he knows. Beyond that, I don't know where he'll be. I, it, it, the Toronto quarterbacking situation is so up in the air right now. Mm -hmm. It's hard to understand who they're gonna if if they're gonna sign an FA, and if they don't, who are they gonna bring into camp to try to win the job? I, I'd be surprised if they don't go after Nichols. I'm not saying he'll end up there, but I think they certainly uh, are going to have conversation with him. He would give them a veteran presence, and then potentially they could look at developing one of their other quarterbacks. But does Nichols provide you the short porch answer of can we get into the playoffs and the long-term answer of do we have somebody we trust for the, you know, the, the future? I don't know that he does. I don't know how bad that shoulder is. He's obviously getting physicals to prove that he's okay, mm -hmm. which is totally uh, within his right. I'm, I'm just not sure if I want to invest in Nichols. He's doesn't have a really good playoff record. He does get you there, but he doesn't do well once he's there. Well, I, I can't disagree, and yet this league, we know you, you have to win your next game, and I believe that Nichols, out of the quarterbacks that are available out there right now, I think gives them the best chance, unless they're looking to continue with Bethel Thompson and bring him back and see. But again, age-wise, there's, there's not much variance there, so... Um, you know, not you're not developing someone for the future in either case. No, and that means you know, maybe you start looking at college and seeing who's available that hasn't made an NFL. You know, once the NFL draft board runs through, then you've got more opportunity to figure out what quarterbacks are going to be available. Mm -hmm. And Toronto may go that route. They they're going to be aggressive. They they will not stand for what happened last year. I don't necessarily put that on the quarterback's shoulders for what happened. Did I hear what I think I heard? I do believe that they've got the people in charge now that understand what winning takes, and I do believe that they'll get the man they want. It's just a question of who. If it's Nichols, I'd be a little bit surprised, but honestly, I don't know where else Nichols would fall. Mm -hmm. I just don't see an, another option, as I said, unless they're looking at Bethel Thompson and developing someone. I don't see Jennings as being someone who's going to step in and be successful as a starter based on his past history. Um, so, so who else is really out there? I guess that's the question I would have. I think, unfortunately, some teams get near the bottom of the barrel. Everyone else assigns who they believe is their person. And Toronto is, at this point, I think, left holding the bag. For the, for the short term, you know, Hamilton has Mazzoli and Evans both signed, mm -hmm. so they're not going to be knocking on that door unless they're looking at a trade for one of them, which is not impossible to believe. 
That's true. And well, some of these veterans could end up, I guess, behind Vernon Adams Jr. as well. I mean, they've they've got some quarterbacks on their roster. Maybe they are going to continue to develop a young one. But uh, you know, if you're looking for a veteran presence, well, and here's a flyer. Antonio Pipkin has been released by the Alouettes. Does Toronto look at him? Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly, for a few years, Montreal experimented with a number of quarterbacks. I thought Pipkin showed a lot of potential when he was in there. Just never really got the chance because Adams stepped up and took the reins. Well, Pipkin was the starter at the beginning of the year in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that might, you know, make me interested. And he's got the upside. He's young, he's smart, and he's mobile. That, that's a very intriguing one, Don. I mean, we, we as we said before, we have no idea where they're going to go. Um, another guy I would venture, and let's take a look at a veteran, but, but I know you and I as Ryder fans have said, where is Gamey going to land? Any any ideas, any guesses at this point in time? Do you think he's back? I I think he'll be a rough rider in 2020. He wants to be. I, I think this oh, uh, defense, I should say, they're mobile, they're energetic. Uh, Shivers is really liked as a coach. He's a, he likes the aggressive style of play. I think Ganey fits well in that veteran presence. They've got they've they've signed Purifoy. I think you need Ganey on the other side. You know, I, I I think he's a strong veteran presence. I think with the Riders' linebacking situation being a bit unsettled, if you would say, uh, I think they need to secure their secondary. So, I think I'm on the on agreement with you that Ganey likely ends up with the Riders. If not there, watch for Calgary to swoop in. Yeah, yeah. Well, Calgary is going to be looking for some. There's definitely a, a shortage of experienced DBs with some of the releases and signings, and uh, it, it will be interesting to see how that free agent pool goes. There is no off season in the CFL. They just don't play games from December until June. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I guess we will get together again next week, and we'll be able to find out what's going to go on with some of these free agents. At least we'll have a little bit better picture, and uh, then the window will open up after that. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you.